This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it as we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. Good afternoon. We are live at the Zoomerplex in downtown Toronto, and our phone lines are open. If you have a rare item or a collection of something you'd like to know its value, maybe it's something you're debating throwing in the trash. Well, call us first. Maybe it might have some special value. In studio is a man who has found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff, specifically Finding value in uh, items that most people just straight up overlook. His name is Paul Kenny. He's one of the stars of Storage Wars Canada. Good afternoon. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. And I'm going to give the same message that I gave on the Father's Day, on Mother's Day. Get in the car. Tune in to Zoomer on 740. Naturally. Or the, um, what's the FM signal? 96.7. 96.7. on every wall in the room, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't necessarily read. Okay, and get in the car, and you should be going out right now to Clappison's Corners, my friend Ron, or to Southworks. But at Clappison's Corners, he's moving. And I, I can't say enough about He's got one of those stores that you see in old-time movies where there's stuff piled up to the ceiling. You have to move something to get at something, okay? Now, he's moving. He's got a major, major problem on his hands. He's bought everything right now. He has to sell some of this stuff because he's been packing. I was trying to get a hold of him today to get him on the show, and he's, but he says, Paul, I'm so busy packing. I got to get, get ready for the move. But people should be going to his store. It's on Highway 5, just west of Highway 6, and it is man cave stuff. Okay. okay, he's got he's got petroleum stuff. He's got all your furniture, your tools, anything that's collectible. And there's some hoity-toity stuff for uh, for the women, and you know the the wife can buy something. Vintage jewelry, clothing, vintage handbags, yeah, silver. He's got that there. But it is it is probably the best antique store in the metro area, even though it's in Hamilton. Okay. It's not like one of these hoity-toity places downtown where something's owned by Marie Antoinette's third cousin's nephew's neighbor. Right. You know, and you got to pay $19,000 and you say, can I touch it? No. He's got stuff in that you can use. It's got value. And it's kind of collectible and neat. And it's not like going to cost you an arm and a leg. And right now, don't tell Ron you said this. He's probably not listening because he's busy packing. But you might be able to make a deal. Ron, talk to Ron, say, Paul sent you. Oh, no. And says, give me a deal. Give me a Zoomer deal. You're arming all of these people with a great negotiating tactic. I'm sure he doesn't appreciate this. Just go in and lowball him on anything you want. Ron's got so much stuff. He really has to be kind of pushed to sell some of it. He's got neat stuff. You've got to push him a bit to sell it. And this is Father's Day. He's a father, and he'll understand. If you go there and ask him for a deal... He might or might not give it. To. Depends how nice it, how nice you are to him, or if you get a whole pile of stuff, 
he'll always make a deal. If you buy one thing, eh. But if you buy a whole pile, yeah. I, try, I know Ron, and I know he'll make a deal. Okay? Well, that's another thing. We, you know, In the world of antiques, you do have this, the art of the deal in negotiation. Yeah. You go to McDonald's, you go, I'll take a Big Mac combo, and they go, it's eight fifty. You go, I'll give you six let Let's work from there. Never going to happen. So a lot no. of people don't really, like, I mean, what would you do if you're walking into an antiques place? If something's $100, do you start saying 70 no, you can, but if they know you just that's the art of it. But if it's but a isn't good there deal, a respect thing? Isn't isn't it? Don't you have to lowball or something like that? Like isn't no, it, no. I, I respect my wallet. Sorry. Well, that's you as a one side, but I'm just saying that like there is room for there's generally wiggle room in, in antiques places. Yeah, okay, there is a lot, and a lot of times there is. But if something's a good deal, and you, and sometimes you have to pay for the good stuff. But if it's like a thousand dollar item, and it's, he's got for two hundred. Don't try and pay, don't make them mad by offering one twenty. Right, on yeah. No, you but know? I feel people feel pressure to lowball because they're like, "Isn't this how the game is played?" When I'm talking about a two hundred year old armoire, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, so I always feel like, do you no. take the sale price seriously or do you work from there? And some, I always I eye up the customer. Poor Ron at Clappisons, he's like, "You're arming oh. all of these people with these negotiation tactics," but oh well. I actually shopped him because a lot of his prices are like I say, Ron, this is a good deal. Let me have this. You know, and because I know I can get it. I know a lot of the antique shops in in Toronto go to his place and buy it there and then bring it back to Toronto and raise the price on it. All right. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. That's commonplace, though, right? Yeah. He, he's, he's in the country there, but it is probably the it's I can't describe it. There's no pictures. You got to just think of one of these 1930s movies where you see antique on antique and on stacked and stacked. You got like you say, you got to move stuff to get to other stuff. So Clappison's Corners. Corners, yeah. Where do I find it? Highway 5, just west of Highway 6. That's There's a cut up there, and it's just west of the uh, McDonald's. Can I say this? Yeah, the big box, uh, Tim Hortons, and there's a Wendy's yeah. on the corner. And it's just about five, 400 yards west of there. Okay. And you can't miss it. He's got two great big stallions outside his place. Yeah. He's got all sorts of stuff all over. You can't miss it. It's a treat. And you want people to take their dads in their car right now, go to Clappison's, call us at the end of the show and tell us what you bought. Is tell that what, what you, you want? Bought. Okay. Okay. Fair I know Ron will tell me. He said, Paul, you went too far this time. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. And our phone number here for the studio, if you have uh, a rare collection or some obscure item and you're curious about its value, maybe you can't even identify where it's from or what it is, you can oftentimes give a description and Paul will likely know what on earth you're talking about and give you a real-time market price. Some things that you think have tons of value, have lost value over the years, and weird things you'd never think of, bottle caps or otherwise, might have a new market. Uh, our phone number here at the studio is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Uh, you can also call toll-free if you're out of town. That number is one 866 740 That's one 866 740 His store is located at 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill, and you can visit that during regular working yeah. hours during the work week. And his store's phone number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. That's if you have a Picasso and you want to book something. Someone this week had a Franz Johnson Group of Seven picture they want to bring in. Ooh. No, we had a good week. I sold a $18,000 watch. Mm. 18, and it's, it's a nice watch. But we're starting to the sell make? the what was a Rolex? A Panerai. Panerai. Yeah, like an Italian Rolex, I call it. Okay. It was number one of a series, and it was just, it was a nice watch, never worn. And this way, we can sell that. Okay, the nice thing about this, he took this watch to another watch store. One of these guys who after I pay the highest, well, he said, I'll give you 5000 
I got the guy 18000 Nice. Now, I don't have a calculator here, but I know the it's 18 more, is higher than the that. five. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> a lot more. And he, so he's he's very happy. I, I, the more money he makes, the more money I make. Okay? And I should say as well, before we go on to some calls here, I've got um, – this is the last week of the sale at Southworks in Cambridge. Yeah. There were the sales from 10 to 50% off. I, I, my boots alone, I've got third, 25 and 50% off stuff, okay? The, there's half, Some of the people have moved out. There's a little less selection now, but there's fantastic deals. And like I say, if you're there with your dad and he says, I remember this, buy it for him. It'll be 10 or 20 or $30. And he says, I remember this as a kid, as a toy or something, especially if it's in my booth. Just buy it for him. Mm. Surprise him. Just be impulsive, you know? And you, the memories of that will be the same memories. He, if he remembers this as a kid, yeah. he's going to remember you buying it for him. He won't remember necessarily the three golf shirts that you bought him that <laughs> no. will be gone in a couple of years. You're saying something more meaningful. Yes. Might be maybe an antique that connects him with his youth. Yes, yes. Well, that's not a bad thought. Uh, are we going to talk about this? Oh, this, yeah. What is that in, okay. in the studio? We have cameras in the studio, and uh, Paul Kenny looks like it's uh, that a dead animal. What is that? No. This is goalie, a goalie pad. One. Oh, now I recognize it. That is a goalie pad. Okay, okay, yeah. It's like a big tan goalie pad. But this is signed by Ken Dryden. Ooh okay? la la. So this is going to be a five $600 item, probably, because it's signed. It's a goalie pad, and he doesn't sign that much, okay? But now we're doing some research. What I don't know, if this was, if this was bought by some kid and used... It's just a store-bought goalie pad signed by him. Well, it's old, though. It's an old Cooper oh, goalie yeah. pad. Do you know what year that is? Oh, this is probably about 1972, 73, I think. So there's a chance he might have used it. If he used it, yeah. this is a $10,000 goalie pad. Well, he's just up the road. We probably have his number on file. Do you want to give him a call? I could call. Well, maybe later, yeah. Okay, if, all if right. He verified, but people have this stuff at home. They have an old Maple Leaf jersey. If it's old, one of these old wools, it's worth $50, $75. If it's one owned by Red Kelly or um, Jim Thompson or someone who played for the Leafs or Montreal or something like that, five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. It's a whole different realm if it's game used. And there's a lot of ex NHL players and their families who live in Toronto. Right. And it's just sitting there sometimes. They say, Well, I'd rather have this for the kids or I'd rather have the money. That's a nice piece. That'd look good nice anywhere. It mounted. No, this would be nice, and it's, it's, he made a nice little thing about thanks for this. He did this for a charity, so I don't know if it's his. It's the right size. There's not many kids would have one this size. Yeah. Like, he was a big guy. Yeah, okay. You know? So this is where we do our research. Okay, so I've you had, have one goalie pad signed by Ken Dryden that's from the right era. You need to get it authenticated yeah. if it was his or not. Yeah, I know it's his signature. I've had his signature a bunch of times. I know the signature's right. Yeah. But, but we had a guy up last week, Jim Spence from the States, who comes up and authenticates signatures and stuff. I had my um, – Terry, not Terry Sawchuk was, a, was verified last week. Okay, yeah, because that was one you, you said you weren't sure about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, because some of these guys – it all depends. At, at the end of the game, they sign different than the first thing in the morning or, you know, when they're in a restaurant or something like that. People sign different ways. Right. You know? So you have to verify this. The hardest ones are rock and roll stars. What, because sober or not sober? Is that the problem there? Sober, other alternative. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. They all sign a different way. Gotcha. So, but let's, let's get to the business. Yeah, get to work. You got tons of people here. Need, need, uh, 
some questions answered. Joan in Burlington is our first caller. We're live on Zoomer Radio at the Zoomerplex in downtown Toronto. Joan, how are you? I am well. How are you? Pretty good. Happy Father's Day, by the way. Well, happy Father's Day to you. <laughs> okay. And what do you have? Well, some, I don't know if you do in art. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 1966, I picked up in Edinburgh uh, a painting, Oil on Canvas, of Conway Castle, and it was done by an R. Lennox in 1911. Okay. Now, I went online and tried to get something about it. I saw another one uh, by uh, J.M.W. Turner. Oh, Turner's... Done okay. in um, watercolors and pencil, I believe. And it was like he had a lot of water in the front and the castle's way in the background. The one I have, you can see the castle, you can see the little shops, the villages underneath, you can see the um, um, the okay. boat, the fishing boat, there's a, a rowboat, you can see the harbour. Now, okay. looking at our Lennox, um, they found that this one was missing. What does that mean? Okay, with, with paintings, here's our problem. It is not what's in the paint. It's the subject matters are secondary thing to work about here. Mm-hmm. If he's a listed artist and people collect them, Okay, like if you have only one of some, two of something in the world and only one person wants it, that's not making it collectible, okay? Yeah. Well, well we I did wa- see other paintings of his online. Oh, did you? Okay. Oh, yeah, he had did. I just went on R. Lennox, an early 19th century artist, and I saw okay. some of his, his work. Okay, now then bring it. We have an art expert who comes in every Wednesday into our store because a lot of it is a case of we have to touch it, feel it, see it, make sure it's not a print, make sure it hasn't been repaired. There's a lot of things to art. If, if, if you have your story, the provenance of where it's been all this time is going to help. If it's a listed art. Now, what are the other Lennox you saw? What do they sell for? Uh, they didn't give a price on them. Okay. We have, we have uh, sources that we, have, uh, we can find out the price on it. It'll depend on the size. Um, it'll depend on the condition of it. There's a lot of things we have to do. Art is something very particular because it's only going to be the one piece. Is this okay. new information, this Wednesday thing? So at your yeah. store, you do have an art expert in on Wednesdays. Yes. So if you're listening and you have a painting, Wednesdays, you can get Make somebody to look at it. Make an point. We were busy last week. So yeah. the store is at 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill, north of Major McKenzie. I didn't know that. Yeah, I sit next to you every Sunday. I never knew that the art expert's in on Wednesday. Yeah. No, we haven't. Last okay, well, weeks. this is new to me. I don't know. Sebastian, you ever heard that before? This well, is new people. information to our listeners. Okay, so okay. good. The uh, art person is in on Wednesday. The art person's in on Wednesday. Now, the yeah. only thing that's changed from the time that I bought is the, um, the frame. Uh, okay. The actual artwork itself, it's, a, it's about 20 by 26. Save the frame. If you have the old frame, that's good. Unfortunately, my son had it for a couple of years, and he put a different flame. When I had it, when I bought it in, as I say, in 1966, I paid one pound ten shillings, which is a, at that time would have been about five dollars. Yeah. Mm. Okay. okay. All right. It had a gilt frame on it, so I don't know. My son, maybe not. So, Joan, you got plans for Wednesday now. If you want yeah. a serious assessment, you can go to the store and have an art expert look at it. And we can come to your home if it's convenient and there's other stuff. For one painting, though, it's usually best to bring it into us. Oh, I just got a note. There is other stuff. Joan, sorry, you had other items that you wanted uh, consideration. I, but believe it or not, my neighbor gave me her mother's silver tea service. Now, her mother died 17 years ago at age 104. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Now, it's the tray, uh, the, the creamer, the sugar, the coffee pot. Is it plate or sterling? I honestly don't know. It's heavy. Oh, um, no, that's, there'll be marks on the bottom. This is why I have to bring it into our store. Um, or read the marks right now. Or, That'll or give you some read idea. The marks. Yeah, do you have it with you? Uh, it's kind of downstairs in storage. <laughs> yeah, no. 
But it's worth – if it's uh, – we buy plate. We're the only people in the country who buy silver plate. We buy it by the pound. But if it's sterling, it's a whole different ball game. We're paying around 55 cents a gram, but sometimes it might have a collectible value to it. Like two people this week brought in costume jewelry. We gave them over $200 in gold. One of them had in his costume jewelry, which he thought was $15, end up being $200 in gold. Yeah. We, we try and tell people, bring it in. Let us take a look at it. It'll only take five, ten minutes. If it's sterling, I'll tell you right away. If it's plate, I'll tell you right away. Okay? I have one problem. I don't drive. Well, then you might be one of the people we have to go see. I just, I don't drive. I gave driving years ago. Give um, Sebastian Hearn your phone number. Yeah. And if you want, we'll call you after the show. Sure. And we'll make arrangements to see the painting and the silver tea set. And we'll tell you in advance what it is. And then you can get a second opinion. Like we always say, get a second opinion. Sure. And it can't be not your second cousin or something. It's got to be a second opinion from someone yeah. who knows something. Or okay? this son of yours who had the painting for two years. Tell him to get over to your place with the car and he's got to... Unfortunately, he has a problem right now. He can't drive because he just had soldier, shoulder surgery. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. He's got his arm in a sling and he cannot drive for, for another four or five weeks. Oh, okay. Well, so I am kind of handicapped that way. No problem. I can come and see you. Give Sebastian your phone number, and I'll see you next week, okay? Thank, Thank you, Joan. You. Our next caller is going to be Gary in Brampton. Gary, how are you? Welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zoomer Radio. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, hi. How are you? Pretty good. What's going on, man? Yeah, I got a, uh, I got about uh, 200 checks dated 1916. Are they of any value? Yes, some will, but who are they signed by? Are they even signed by, like... They're, they're from the, uh, the Royal Bank. And they have they, they they did have two cent stamps on there, but uh, yeah. uh, for the most part, the stamps are missing. They sell oh okay with the stamps on, you can get five, four, five, six dollars a, sta- uh, a check. Nineteen sixteen is not particularly old, um, but you can still get money because people collect anything. What's the bank? Royal Bank. Oh, it's all Royal, Royal bank. bank checks. Okay. Yeah. Now yeah, they're personal checks and uh, company checks. Yeah. Now, we had all the checks from Maple Leaf Gardens signed by Harold Ballard. I know, I know, now, I know. They're going to throw them out, right? They're going to throw them out. So it depends on who signed them. That makes it a whole big difference. Or sometimes who they're made out to. If you had a, a check made out to uh, Franklin, um, Teddy Roosevelt, and he signed it back on the back and cashed it, mm. the signature's on the back. Pretty okay? cool. So people look at it that way as well. In fact, on a check... Back in those times, it's, you don't even have to get really usually verified by one of these verification services because a check is going to be a legal document and it's going to be good. It's like if you had someone's license, they signed it themselves. They didn't have but it is else. crazy to think like every Canadian celebrity that had a Canadian bank account, their autograph is somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's sitting somewhere. I, Ty Cobb, that's the, one of the biggest caches of his signature came off a bunch of checks. Got that's out right. Yeah, yeah, bank. yeah, yeah. So this stuff does happen. I... It's like I keep on saying, people have lotteries in their basement, and they don't know what they are unless they check those numbers. Yeah, they go, Granddad was an accountant 100 years ago. All of these documents, just chuck them. Well, maybe you want to have a quick look through them. He might have, you know, who knows? I've got a checkbook from Thomas, no, Thomas Galt, I think, and the checks are for like $7,000 in 1865. What was he buying? A province? Oh, this, this, like, this is like $10 million yeah, checks. Yeah, I know, I know. This guy was a big guy, a big land deal guy. But I have his whole checkbook still, and I, I was going to donate it to the, the government, but they won't give me a donation for it. Oh, this back to your policy, you won't donate to people who have more money than you? Not unless they give me something substantial. Fair enough. Okay, got well, it. thanks for the call, Gary. Some money, not no money, that's good news. 
Uh, Fred in Medina, New York is our next caller. Fred, how are you? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Not bad. Good to have you. Yeah, I listen to you guys uh, just about every week, and uh, I've been trying to get a hold of you because I have a couple of things that I was, you know, curious as what they might be worth. All right, what do you got? Okay, the first thing I have, I got three things. First thing I have is a number one issue, Super Mario Brothers Nintendo comic book. Oh, Oh. okay. I was hoping, I was about to say you have the game. Well, the game, you can get the game anywhere, right? It's the comic book. I've never even heard of a comic book. What is it, an instruction manual? Or is there, was it released with comic book series? It's an actual comic book and it's it's not just one of those thin comic books either this is thick like almost like the instruction guides that you can buy the strategy guides yeah but this is this is the actual book they're like 10 to 25 dollars each oh the game would be a lot more because people will save the comic book but if the game broke or someone goes into someone's basement there and they get thrown out but right. people keep, yeah. keep a comic book once in a while. Yeah, because um, uh, on the original 8-bit game system, um, they had like a, when you put it in and it clicked down and that, that little spring would go. So yeah. a lot of people would just toss them out. Yeah. Yeah, no, but that's one to hang on to because I feel like the people who are going to want that for nostalgic reasons, they're probably about 20 years off peak market value, yeah. right? Yeah. It's going to be guys like me when I'm 55, and I go, you know what I'd want? I want my old Nintendo back. You know, they're still they're floating around all over the place now, but any collectible associated with it, right? That's exactly how collecting works. You're trying to recapture your childhood at vastly inflated prices. Yeah. Okay, and I... I'm trying to think of the age when I start to go rosebud, rosebud. I'm yeah. thinking 55 if I live that long, yeah. You'll live that long. Uh, okay. The <laughs> funniest part with that... With that that uh, comic book was I bought it in like a dollar store for a buck. Yeah. Now um, there are years certain... ago. Look at that. He's already making like a thousand percent return. Ten bucks now. Well, there is some variant covers. Like they have different ones. There's variations on this. Some sell for two, three hundred dollars. So it depends yeah. on which one you have. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Fred. Our next caller is going to be Mary in Hamilton. Mary, how are you? Hello. Hi. Marianne. Marion. <laughs> anyway, what I have is a Ballon Howell movie camera. Um, we purchased it around 1965, and it's got all the equipment, the screen projector, slice, splicer, pardon me, mm. all that. Are they uh, worth uh, anything? 30 to $50, and the screen is almost impossible to sell because you can't ship it. It costs too much to ship it. Okay. Uh, but they, I think we've got one listed on our site on consignment, and it's about fifty, sixty dollars, and we're hope, and we hasn't been scooped up yet, so it can't be selling that fast. I yeah, the old cameras, even the old like cool leather ones, like re- you see them on display now, but they're not pulling huge dollars. No. It's more like an art exhibit. Well, yeah. not with all the new uh, technology we have now. Yeah, all of it's so disposable now, yeah. Right. And I think they cost a couple hundred. Remember those old big cameras they used to sell? They were like $3,000. Yeah, yeah. And now they're worth $30. Right, yeah. You know, and it's like uh, from 1979 area or something like that area. The only market for them now for some of these old cameras is like old movies. If it's like, uh, you know, yeah, like a Remember the Titans and they need to watch football film or they need the old projector thing. It really only exists in fiction now, right? No one, no one shoots with that stuff really anymore, I don't think. 
Yeah, and because people paid so much for it, they hang on to it. Well, it's good-looking stuff. Craftsmanship's there. All that is just—it's not something you can use, or some people do. But I mean, yeah. but no, uh, but, but because of its value, someone's not. Someone will discard. Oh, that was a dollar or the right. wrapper, and they'll discard that. Right. Something that cost them eighteen hundred dollars. They're if they're like a Father's Day, and the fathers always think this. I paid eighteen hundred for that. I know I don't want it anymore. I don't know. I know it's not useful, but I'll be damned if I'm going to get rid of it. That's true, yeah. But not zero. Okay, so that's positive yeah. news, not zero. Thanks for your phone call. William in Toronto is our next caller. William, how are you? Fine, sir. Hello, hello. Every day is Father's Day. Every day is Family Day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have an 1880 Camelback couch with a lot of carving in uh, woodwork. Uh, really? I don't okay. know if he can be of any help that way. Uh, the carving can help, but the problem is, what is the, the upholstery like? Uh, well, it's been reupholstered two or three times. Okay. But, but it's got, it has the same uh, filling in it, the same, okay. same whatever it is. Well, I hope you don't have it. Don't hope it doesn't go back to 1918 or something like that, because they had no. horsehair in them there. 1880. On, it's 1880. 1880. Uh, hopefully they took the horsehair out, because that was what... It, it was banned in 1880. What's the problem with horsehair? TB. Oh, that's probably oh, what it's there. That's a problem. They, yeah. They, it was, they left it there every time you reupholstered. Uh, you got to put the straw in or something else like that. On uh, something like that, it's going to be they go in two, three hundred dollars. I had a love seat, a beautiful upholstered love seat. Probably cost five to seven hundred dollars to upholster it. I can only get one hundred and fifty dollars for it. Oh, okay. Furniture's you know, tough. Furniture's tough because if the color be wrong. The women right now want a certain, they've painted their wall, they want the exact color to go with it, and they go to these big box stores, buy something for $1,000, and it's going to be worth 20 cents as soon as they cross the curb, and they won't buy an antique. Antiques will maintain their values are much better. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, where are you getting a couch for $1,000? This is not oh, happening anymore. I have anymore. an autographed uh, picture of Dave Keon. Oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Sold right now to Paul Kenny, Dave Keon. Uh, I didn't like it. I was a, I was a Mahavlish fan. Oh, okay. I still I th- thought you you were always uh, saying Mahavlich interview just a few days ago uh, on on uh, six uh, seven forty. Yeah, Norm and I got to interview him. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, a couple of weeks did. ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> I wish I, I Big I M was in studio. Big yeah, M. Was. Okay. I was listening. I used to call him Goalpost Keon because every time I see him, he hit a goalpost again. Oh. But his autographs probably about fifty to sixty five dollars. He's still alive, still making them. Um, but he was for a long time. He wasn't up in the Toronto area, and his autograph was hard to get. Some of the people who are local here, like Bobby Bond, uh, uh, some of the, and they lived in the area and could be seen. They'd be always hockey players are the nicest guys in the world. They'll all if you go up and ask, can you please sign this for us. I'm never had a hockey player say no, ever. But George Armstrong isn't Sorry, he famously okay, uh, a nightmare to get an autograph from. Isn't okay. this the guy who you would want one the most yes, from? Yeah, I forgot about George. Okay, with the exception of George, George Armstrong, Armstrong, who of course is invited to come to studio and give you one. Yes. You know, yeah. Okay. Or somebody can deliver you deliver uh, his autograph to you. But Davey's about uh, fifty seventy five dollars. It depends on what it's on as well. Okay, if it's on a photo, it's better than on a on a clip. Okay. Oh. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. Okay, thanks, thank man. You. Uh, you're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We are live this Father's Day, and our phone lines are open. If you have an item that you're curious about, uh, maybe it has some special value, unique value, maybe it's an heirloom you've had for generations, and you're wondering what to do with this thing, well, we have an expert in studio who can tell you exactly how to sort of give it, uh, authenticate it, and where to sell it the best ways, or consign with him. Uh, many times he sells entire 
houses full of contents in auction-style settings. Our phone number here at the studio is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. His store is located at 10,341 Young Street. That's in Richmond Hill on Young Street, just north of Major McKenzie. The store's phone number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. And I just learned your art expert is in on Wednesday. So if you have a piece of art that you'd like to have authenticated or understand its value in perfect uh, clarity, you can go to the store on Wednesday and have that service performed. But call. Call ahead, yes. You can call ahead to make sure you can guarantee I want the 1015 slot or whatever the case may be. In the meantime, we'll be right back. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Watching Sam at work, you're reminded of mom's home cooking. Make it from scratch, never from a box. Mom would always say that. Having cabinets built by new generation is a lot like that. Because when you love what you do as much as Sam does, and you're as good at it as Sam is, would you serve your family prefab? New generation kitchens and bathrooms of Guelph. Made with love. From scratch. Call 519-836-8300 and meet Sam at his family-run factory. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We're live at Liberty Village taking your phone calls. Do you have something rare? Maybe it's an old antique, uh, an antique toy or sports memorabilia. Maybe an entire collection of stamps or books or who knows what. You can call in now to get a real-time market valuation and decide what you want to do with it. Our next caller is going to be George in Etobicoke. George, welcome to Consignment Heroes. Hello. Hi. Uh, how are you? Not bad. What you uh, got? What you got, man? Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of curious. Uh, I, I enjoy your program, and, and I have a hockey stick uh, that was autographed by the, I guess, 1954-55 Red Wings. Okay. You have to take my word for it <laughs> because you have to check the Stanley Cup to see. Excuse me to check the names against it, but it, I, I got it, I believe, in 1955. They won. They won the Stanley Cup that year. Yeah. And uh, it's a Northland Pro stick, and it, uh, on the shaft are autographs of all the Red Wings. Okay, I have a question Detroit for Detroit Red Wings. Is there a number on it? Is, it, or is there a name or a number on it? Uh, in, uh, how do you mean? Okay. I, I'm not sure what you mean by the number. Okay. It's, um, I'm trying to determine whether it's a store-bought stick at the end of the season or was actually game used by one of the players. Maybe oh, I, I Gordy Howe, I Ted couldn't Lindsay. Tell you that. Uh, huh? As far as I remember, it was a friend of my dad's got it for me, and he just walked. He walked into the. He got into the dressing room and, and got him to autograph it. Okay, if they got one of the sticks, like they would back then, they would just hand you a stick, like he might use it on that game. It it, it could be. I don't think. I don't believe any player used it. Is it taped? I, can't, I couldn't tell you for sure. Is it blade taped? Hmm. The is, blade is taped. Yes. Okay. These are all good things. Is there a knob on the end? Like a tape knob. Um, a tape knob, yes. Well, these are all good things for you. Okay. On, uh, I'd like to see it. Uh, probably with Howe, Sawchuck. Uh, there's a yeah, number of got, people. It's got Howe, Sawchuck. Well, among others. 
How Sawchuck, Lindsay, um, Red Kelly, yep. Glenn Hall. Yep. Um, it's, I think Gary Topazini's on, Johnny Busick, uh, Mitro Presti. The, okay. These are lesser lights, but. Yeah, no, it depends on who, if they're still with us. This mm-hmm. stick's probably going to be, if it's a just a store-bought stick, I'm going to say probably 1000 to $1,200. If it's a gamer and we know who it is, mm-hmm. and we'll know by the number and the lie and the size, it could be two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000. Well, uh, by numbers, you mean uh, the, the player number? Yeah. Uh-huh, okay. And number nine would be really good. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly never checked that. I just looked at the autograph. Well, that's why you got it. George, there's thousands of dollars on the line. Get the stick. Where's the stick? <laughs> what, well, you I'm got? not even sure I want to sell it. It just, you know. Uh, uh, but still, uh, to know if it's in the basement, put us on hold and go get it. Yeah, he's teasing <laughs> us here. a second here, okay? Uh, yeah. It's in another room. Oh, he's going to get it. Okay, good. Okay. This is like a, a walk to the living room might make him $3,000 here. It's worth it. We'll he's stay not, on the No, we'll it's not going to make him anything. He's not selling it. He might sell no, it. Okay. Who knows? With uh, the knob on the end and the tape, that's a better indicator that it's been, it was game used that day. Yeah, walk me through the store-bought one. Would those be legit autographs oh, yeah. or then? Or what happens then? They say we're putting out 100 into a store. Can everyone just pass these sticks around and sign them? Is no, that no. how it goes? Well, Doug Laurie used to sell with sticks. And people would buy it from Doug Laurie, and then walk it into the into the game. And then, oh, when the guys, I see. Gotcha. When Frank Mahovich is leaving Maple Leaf Gardens, can you sign this for me, sir? Right. Yeah. Okay. And that kind of thing. But you mean the actual stick itself? So where would the number be traditionally in uh, that era? Top of the st- top of the bl- uh, stick at the top. Where, right by where the, it's not taped at the top. Yeah. Oh, he would have noticed that. George, is the number there? Uh, uh, just a minute. I didn't. I didn't get right. the stick. In He's getting his box. chisel from his give, toolbox. Give He's putting in a number seconds. nine. Give me ten seconds. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if something, because he got out of the dressing room, that's good. Okay, and it might have been someone, he just walked up, someone knew him, he was a big wig, walked up, can you sign this? And they start signing the stick, and they just pass it around the room. Back in those days, the hockey players are really nice, okay? And it depends on if he got everybody. What would be more important as well that he got the entire team, he's not missing anybody. You're missing one. If the person's passed on, we Hello? can't get it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry to keep you waiting here. No problem. Okay, yeah, it's, uh, let's see. Yeah, we'll tape at the top. There's no, how would the number be? It would just be written on there, I yeah, guess. No, yeah, it, like it was taped at the top. It will be stamped in ink, usually, and maybe the player's name. Oh, okay. well, well, there's something written uh, on here in crayon. It's re- eight. Eight. Ooh, I think eight. it was Dutch Rival. Okay. Well, I that's... think it was Earl Rival. Uh, that was that was his number. I'm not sure. Okay, so it's got a number on the top. Yeah. So it, if it's, it's a gamer, it's in red. So I'm assuming it's the players. It's just red crayon. Yeah. Um, I'd have to. Do... Does that make sense? Did they use crayon back then? No. Maybe right on tape. No. <laughs> Someone might have done that when later. I was going to school, we used crayon. <laughs> yeah. They... Between 1955 and now, a lot of stuff can happen. Okay. Right. I'm I'm more interested how it left the room that day. Right. Yeah. So. If it's Earl Rival, it might be uh, that might add four or five hundred dollars onto the price. As long as you got your Sawchuk, your Howe, your other big signings on it, and it was a Stanley Cup team. Did he get it during the Stanley Cup or did he get it during the season? This will make a difference well, too. Well, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Well, you got a valuable stick there either I really way. I got it for Christmas. Like I said, it was a friend of my dad's who was very much into hockey. Uh, he was with, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, uh, the Fort or Thunder Bay Hockey League at the time. It was Fort William Port Arthur at the time. You didn't happen to steal a sweater while you were in there, did you? <laughs> Pardon me? You didn't happen to steal a sweater while you were in there, did you? No. Okay. No, okay. in those days, you couldn't get the old sweater. I mean, you know, they were just selling facsimiles. 
Yeah. Uh, nobody could. I mean, you had to steal one in order to get something that was. Well, there. that was my. I wasn't going to tell anyone if you didn't tell anyone. Okay. All right, man. Well, thanks for your phone call. You got a valuable <laughs> stick there. So, uh, so yeah. about how much? Oh, it's going to be fifteen hundred dollars if it's a gamer, um, as long as all it, the complete team is there, and maybe a little bit more because fifty four, fifty five. There's not a lot of stuff from that time period, and the Red Wings have not won a Stanley Cup well, that they, era for a while. They have. Well, they that they won in fifty five, and then they didn't win one in, until fifty ninety seven. Yeah. And I used to joke to my friends. I said, "This stick gets more valuable every year that they don't win." So yeah, yeah, no, but it's good. And how and stuff I guess, like that. I guess Maple Leaf fans should sit up and take note to that. Anybody who's got a '67 hockey stick. Uh, a lot of our listeners are Maple Leaf stand fans, so I'm not going to comment on this. Thanks a lot. Okay. Our next caller, and by the way, our phone lines are open four one six three six zero zero seven forty. That's four one six three six zero zero seven forty. And Chris in Guelph is our next caller. Chris, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Not bad. What do you got, man? Good. Uh, these aren't that old, but uh, they're they're not used anymore because you can't find a payphone. Uh, I got a bunch of uh, quick change cards that uh, were meant for payphones, and uh, they were never opened, and they were sealed. And so there's one maybe of the Toronto skyline, and it comes on a poster, and it's got three cards. And I just wonder if there's any if those are appreciated in any way. What is it? Anybody collect them? Um, what are we talking about here? They're like uh, cards that were used for payphones. They were issued about 20, 25 years ago. What do you mean? Like you dial this number to save on long distance sort of thing? No, they were issued by Bell Canada, um, and they um, they were local in Ontario. Um, you purchased them to instead of using coin at uh, payphones. They still have them. So if they're collectible, I can't... There's probably collectors for everything out there. This yeah. is something you've stumped me now. I don't know about this. You you can't be sure if it's a strong market. I can't be sure if it's a strong market because yeah. uh, maybe 10 years or 15 years from now when someone's trying to do a little bit of history. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if Ben here, my co-host, knew what a payphone was, but he he's, he's, <laughs> I've heard of them. <laughs> he's heard of them. Superman all. used them, right? Superman okay. used them, yeah. Okay, sorry I can't help you on this one. Okay, thanks, okay. anyway. All right, Mary in Etobicoke is our next caller. Mary, how are you? Hey, Mary. Yes, hello. Welcome to the show. Okay. All right, what I have is a bell from a, I think, it, well, it's from a German ship. It's 1939, and on it, it has P-S-G-R-A-F-S-P-E-E. -E. Is that the name of the boat? What is well, that? Well, the, the name of the bell. That's a that's a name. Did you say G R A F F S P E E Graf Spey? Yes. That's a big boat. That was scuttled. I think so. You really have this? I have it. I've had it for a while. It was my my husband had it, a friend of his. I think he was a merchant seaman. He gave it to him because the bell was the same uh, year that he was born. So. He says, oh, well, just take it. So it's been... If this is actually off the ship, okay, this is a little known fact. My um, my wife's father was on the Graf Spey. Yeah. It was scuttled. Now, here's an interesting fact. Mm -hmm. Graf it's a German Spee. cruiser. Cool. German? Admiral Graf Spee. Spee? Yeah. Spee? Spee. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. The, it sunk nine Allied ships. Oh, I want yeah. you to guess how many people died in sinking of nine ships. They actually did a movie on this. Zero? Oh, Zero. Yeah. He, not a single person was killed as he sunk nine ships. And when he brought it in the um, Graf Spey into port to get repaired, I think it was in South America, mm -hmm. 
And he actually, he thought that there was more British ships out there than there was. And he actually said, you guys are too young to die. And he went out and scuttled the ship. Okay. Oh, really? And when he was, he died in, um, I think it was Argentina, the um, German, the um, U, uh, Great Britain and American Navy uh, officers were at his funeral for this as a guy during the war, which is a very unusual fact. They did a movie about it later on, but I would have particular interest. I don't know if you want to sell this. I'd come up with a value for you. Okay. But it would be something that I would take great interest myself in buying. Uh-huh. This is a very, very famous ship. Very famous ship. It was the sister ship. To I said the, very, to, very. It's very, yeah. very famous ship. It was the sister ship to the um, Bismarck. What, any any chance anyone made a repop of this though? That's I don't know if it's a real one. I would think so. There has to be a market there. I, I, it looks like it's real to me. You know. How did he get it? I'd love it. I'd, this is one I'd have to actually check the provenance on. I would. A, a friend of his gave it to him. Yeah. Gave it to my husband because the the year on the bell was the same year my husband was born. Yeah. Yeah. So. I could, would. Uh, everything went down with the ship. I have actually some of the autographs and some paperwork from it. And I've been collecting it over the years for my for my serious? kids. Wow. Yes. Okay. So, Not, uh, laid down in 1932, launched in 1934. Yeah. And then scuttled in 36. So it didn't have a long. No, life, no. It was scuttled in 39. Should say scuttled 39. Oh, sorry, sorry. Scuttled December 17th, 1939. Commissioned yeah. in 36. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. three years. Yeah. And it just it was in the South Atlantic, where the uh, Bismarck was in the North Atlantic, and um, it was just fast, but it didn't have any armor. All but, right, Mary. Okay. I, I'm, I would, if you're going to give your number to Sebastian, uh, yes, I know. have a lot of interest in this. Okay. I, there's two things. I'd love to find out what it's worth, mm-hmm. and, um, and you might have a, a ready buyer right here. Yeah, Mary, you've sunk your hooks. They say <laughs> there's one born every minute. You got this one hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. To... There's a tear in my eye right now. This is actually something special. This is, oh, this is a special <laughs> moment. Well, you started to, I saw that you, you recognized the name, and you started to Google, and you said, wait a second, you're talking about the Graf Spey or whatever. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. There's... This is a special moment here? on our That'd show. That would be amazing huh? if this is true. I mean, it's, how did it end up in Canada? Yeah, no, this this is the amazing piece. Um, you've made a special moment for me on Father's Day. How's that? Okay? Thank you. Mary? Okay, we're going to get all our information right now. That'd be a big discovery. Oh, yes. Sandy in Toronto. Hello. Sandy, the pressure's on. I mean, did you hear the last call? I mean, this is going to be hard to top. What do you got? No, I'm sorry. I can't top that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, when I was a teenager, I would have thought that what I have does top that because okay. I have uh, a letter from Louise Harrison, who was George Harrison's sister. Yeah. And I have a letter from uh, John Lennon's Aunt Mimi. Okay. Both of them were addressed to me, dated, and both of them... Um, comment on where the where the boys are at this moment or where they've been um i was a, a member of the british beatles fan club back nice. in the 60s. okay cool and they sent me also a christmas uh recording that the beatles made for their fan club and uh i do have a couple of the autograph cards that were sent out by the fan club now the beatles sometimes sign their own cards yeah. Okay, and sometimes there were secretary signed. Right. Uh, this is something Read I'd up. have to verify. Yeah. Uh, but uh, did you have all four of them? Uh, all four on one piece, or on just one four? Piece, I have. I have one, two pieces with all four autographs. One of them is a black and white 
um, posed photograph, and the other one was, uh, well, actually, they're, they're both black and white, but they were of different generations. One was an older, uh, four of them standing shoulder to shoulder, and one of them was a more updated photograph. I well, haven't got them in front of me at the moment. But, okay. Um, I could, verification and provenance are important here again. Um, now, about two months ago, I was the back bidder on some Beatle autographs, four of them, for I think I went as high as $11,000. Holy cow. <laughs> so... Uh, but now being um, stuff for the fans, it might be a little bit less because there might be more of them out there. Right. But still going to be five, 6000 Verified, five, 6000 The recording's going to be good. Uh, I know it's going to be hard to get the albums out of you because I know you still have them, don't oh, yeah, you? Yeah, I'm not giving them out. Nothing's okay. going. <laughs> Nothing's going. No. But it's worth your while to get these authenticated. Okay. Now, if they're, not, if they're not authentic, then just enjoy and put them on the wall. They are authentic. Make sure your kids know about it because 20 years from now, there's if they're authentic, you want to know it. Well, I have an envelope from one of the letters uh, that has the home address of uh, George Harrison on it because at the early at the early stages, you know, oh, his this sister is... wrote letters out of his home. You know, something I would even say an album, an, an envelope like that might be a hundred, two hundred dollars because Beatles historians. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird, yeah. No, what you've got here is nice stuff, and um, this is a case where you want to tell the story to your kids later on, right? And have them know exactly what this is. Um, if you want to get authenticated, I can help you, but that'll cost you money. Okay. I got to tell you that. Uh, if you want to sell them, that's good as well. But the envelopes are even going to have value. I was okay. going to talk later on about some other envelopes. Okay. But thank you very much for your call. It doesn't top the graph spay, but no. <laughs> it's still good. Thanks. Good find. All right, you're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We are live this Father's Day. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. We want to get to as many people as we can when we return. In the meantime, a quick break. Estates have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver, and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction, held every month, is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Passing through Cambridge? Stop by Southworks Antiques on Grand Avenue. Help yourself to free parking and a sale. The first in 25 years. The reason? Southworks Antiques and all of its 100 vendors under one antique roof are moving to the other side of the Grand River. Paul and Bogart have been one of those vendors for two decades. Come check out all the antiques, collectibles, and 30,000 square feet of neat stuff for sale. And save 10 to 50% until June 25th. Visit southworksantiques.com and let's make a deal. We're all giddy about the bell. We have to get back to work here. Yeah. Our phone number, 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, 1-866-744-740. His store, Paul Kenny's store, is located at 10,341 Young Street. That's in Richmond Hill, just north of Major Mac on Young Street. Again, 10,341, the store's number. When this show ends, conversations continue there throughout the week, 905-905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. And uh, our next caller, by the way, is going to be Astrid and Bob Cajun. How are you, Astrid? Yes, uh, hello. Hi. And thank you for taking my call. Yep. And if you're a dad, 
Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Okay. I have an original Meissen coffee set with logo on each item for six. It's from the 1930s. Okay. Now, you say logo. Logo of what? Yeah, it's a logo. Uh, well, the logo tells you that is uh, an original Meissen uh, piece. She means markings. Oh, markings. Yeah. So it's signed Meissen on the bottom. Yes. And you got it in Germany or over here? Uh, no, in Germany. I got it from my mom. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, now, what pattern is it as well? It depends what the pattern is. Yeah. The blue it, onion? Uh, no. Each uh, copper, each, each piece has a different flower on it, and they're all hand-painted. And okay. it has a gold rim. Everything looks like it's never been used because my mother always put a doily between each piece. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Same here. On uh, the Meissen is still a very coveted name, but and the cups and saucers can go for anywhere between forty and three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Um, it depends on how well nicely they're painted. Uh, it depends which factory. If they're signed painted, I'd have to see them. You can send me off pictures to our website, which is sales at Toronto goldsilver.com all one word and we do try and get to all those sometimes I don't get to them for a couple of days and I am I am running behind because I run out of day before I run out of work but I do get to all the people that send in their information this is a tea set sorry this is a tea set yeah and you don't know the value offhand? No, I'm I said just, between 50 and 350. Meissen is a wide range. I know, but I know you're up on this stuff. Usually you can say it'll be right but, down to the penny and who's going to bid on it from what country. Okay, so this one, there is a little X factor on this I one. have to see it. Okay, which one all it right. Is. Uh, our next caller, oh, I'm told he's getting to the top of the queue because he claims he's got a Mickey Mantle signed baseball. Oh, okay. His name is Marvin and he's in St. Catharines. How are you, man? I'm well. How's you? Not Good. bad. What do you have exactly? What I have is a 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie baseball card. Oh, that's not a ball. Oh, yeah, yeah where did we get ball? All right, no, baseball no, okay. card, I guess is what it's okay. going to be. Okay, sure. Now, yes, what kind of conditions? Yeah, are I was going to say. It, it's... it is graded by a Canadian grader, KSA. Okay, throw that away. We have to regrade this for sure. Okay. okay and it was graded at a number five. Okay, I would get, um, here's the thing is, in KSA can do some stuff out for hockey over here. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to sell this card, you have to get it signed, it's um, graded by two of the big American um, uh, graders. PSA. PSA, yeah. Yeah. You have to get it graded by them because the Americans where the market is on this, okay? And if it comes through as a five, um, that'll be great. Um, one one just recently sold for a million dollars. I was just going to say, this is probably the most famous card of all. Yeah. Mickey Mantle's rookie card. They sell for upward of $1.3 million. Oh, That's good. in perfect condition, yeah. but you need the right people to say what now, condition Now, there's no difference in. on This is a double-printed card. Depends on which one he has. In 1952, uh, if you had a sheet of these, there was two of these for every uh, uh, number 317 in the set. Okay. So there's actually two very there's two variations on this Mickey Mantle card. Oh. A lot of people don't know this, but mm-hmm. I can help you with uh, selling it. I have ready buyers for it as well. But I do say that you, this is something like if someone gave me a diamond, I would want to get a I would want to get it slabbed first. Oh okay? yeah. Okay. Yes. KSA. Now it's nice you did it. Now if they gave it a five, it's still that gives you an idea. It certainly does. Are you going to sell it or do you want to just? Uh... 
Mm, well, mm. I want to see what the market will bear. I'm not in a hurry. This How now. much yeah. joy could you be getting from this card? This is when I say some of this stuff gets absurd. If it was between a card that I have a million dollars and what I could do with a million dollars to even yeah, but as a feed five. The, the hungry. I mean, it's ridiculous. So how does it work? So I don't understand the grading system. It goes one to ten, right? Yeah. So yeah. a ten, th- this guy that w- it sold for one point three million U.S. By the way, and they say there's one out there that might go for three million. Yeah. Because uh, they say it's in reasonable or even better condition, and they don't come up that often. If it's five out of ten, is it half a million? That's probably not how that math works, right? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. We won't go for that. What is it generally about, worth? Uh, in a five, seventy, eighty thousand dollars. Wow. Really? Uh, no, it depends. But, yeah, you, know. you need the five to be. A PSA five, not yeah. a yeah. No, then I don't. KSA is good at doing some of the hockey stuff. Okay, now, this is where um, uh, not all graders are created equal. Not all appraisers are equal. But if you want to get this, this would probably sell set between seventy and eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars today. And How do you feel about it now, Marvin? Oh my goodness! I'm glad I'm sitting down. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and uh, um, but it has to be set away to be graded. I'm- yeah, because he doesn't trust the grading, the organization that graded it. He no, says you no, wanted... no I, don't, I shouldn't say that. I'm getting trouble for saying don't Not trust that they're it. bad, just in this particular case, because it's such, it's an American baseball card. Yeah. You want PSA to touch it. They're the gold standard for this particular card. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, that's how it is. Yeah. Fine. So, okay. But the people have them for sale. Um, now, most, and you wouldn't sell, this is not an eBay type of thing, but um, what you got, and here's another thing. This card, there's more of these in Canada than there is in the United States. Yeah. There was an article, I used to have a shop in 1979 in Hamilton, and there was an article in a U.S. newspaper saying there's only three known copies of this Mickey Mantle. I had seven at the time. I have a oh, picture wow. of me and the seven of them because they were shipped up to Canada and dumped up here at the oh, end really? of the season. So people in, in your area, St. Catharines, Toronto, uh, anywhere up in this Ontario area, they're, they're, I've handled probably 50 of these cards. Oh. For something that's that rare, okay? Interesting. Okay. So this is why I know exactly the process, what you have to go through. It's going to take a month to do everything. We can get it graded for you. I would get it graded, and we can set up for selling it. And what even what auctions, some auctions won't get you the money. Some other ones are better. This is where I'm a professional. Good okay. stuff. Listen, Marvin and St. Catherine's is going to put you on hold. You guys can swap information. Yep. You're out of time officially, by the way. We're, oh, we're, that's no, it. No, that's it. No. I know. How I know. I, I got to get people to buy gold for me. How am I going to do this? Give, or us, give them a pitch right now. We'd be inspiring. This is your moment. Get the second opinion. Make sure it's us. We saved people this week. I can't do this. this is, I am Pressure's talking. on. Sell, Pressure's sell, on. sell. We pay very good money. Please get a second opinion. Make us one of your second opinions if you're buying or selling. We've saved and made a lot of people a lot of money this week. Please come and see us. That's all I can say. All right, Toronto Gold Silver. The store is located at 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill. That's on Young Street just north of Major McKenzie. The store's phone number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. Special thanks to show producer Sebastian Hearn. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.